Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefo of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Intefo is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Oh, I said hallelujah. Can I have another shout of hallelujah? Amen, 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 amen. You may be seated. Well, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, tonight is the end of the last night of our church growth teaching convention. Oh, I'm surprised you are clapping because I, I'm, I'm already feeling sad because I wish Bishop Interfer would be with us for a longer time. Hallelujah. But well, everything that has beginning has an end. Amen. It's only God who has no beginning and has no end. Hallelujah. So tonight, I believe that, you see, the greatest thing that this convention can do to you is when we can put all the things that we are being taught into practice. That's the greatest thing that can happen to you as far as this convention is concerned. And it's a teaching convention. And I keep emphasizing on the fact that it is a teaching convention. Hallelujah. So, I want us to open our hearts and get ready, listening attentively. You know, take down the necessary notes that we ought to take down go back and put it into practice. Hallelujah. Because we are shepherds here. We are pastors here. We are, you know, leaders in one way or the other. And I think that the, the, this convention is one of the best conventions that you can have, you know, in this year. It's a convention or it's a time to really teach and to make you understand and then practice it. And I told you earlier that I'm so excited that there's no other person teaching on church growth but Bishop Interfo. <clears throat> Bishop Interfo has grown a church from 140 to us at last week's Sunday. When I checked his attendance figures, they were more than 3,000, 3,400 and something. Yeah. yeah. 
And I'm not talking about um, first service, second service, overlapping with many figures. So there are six different churches running concurrently or at different times. And when you put all together, showed me the figures. I said, Charles, check. Look at it. And we're going through. And the final summary put together all the various churches sat 3,400 people. <laughs> Hallelujah. If someone can have success in growing a church from less than 150 to 3,000, over 3,000, and it tells me that we are moving higher. Our target this year is so much and I believe they will get there. Then I think that this person is the best person to actually take us through what he has practically done to arrive at these figures. Hallelujah. Bishop Interfel has charged over the Bible school all the examinations that you have been writing online, I tell you, he has a bearing. Just before we came in here, he was showing me some one or two things about examinations. I said, hey! <laughs> Hallelujah! In the bishop that when introduced, everyone shouts, that is it. We are catching the thing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I wouldn't take much time. This is a real son of the house. Hallelujah. Those who are not sure what following will turn you out to be, I want you to look at Bishop Interpol's life. He's a son who follows. And that has brought him where he is. I want us all to be on our feet and receive the ministry of Bishop Lewis and Temple. Come on, put your hands together for this man. Wow. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be here tonight? I want to thank Bishop Charles for uh, the privilege of the invitation to come to minister Oh, it's a good place for you to put your hands together for the Lord. It's a blessing. I want to thank him for his friendship and uh, he's looked after me very, very well whilst I've been here. Amen. And I want to thank God for all of you, the pastors, the shepherds, the lay pastors, the full-time pastors for the work that you are doing. May God bless all of you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for your love and for your mercies. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now, tonight I'm preaching about the Holy Spirit and church growth. The Holy Spirit and church growth. Amen. Acts chapter 9 verse 31. Let's read it. Acts chapter 9 and verse 31. Then had the churches rest throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Can you give me the NIV? Then the churches throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoying a time of peace enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to read the contemporary English version also of this verse. Hallelujah. The church in Judea, Galilee, and Samaria now had a time of peace and kept on worshiping the Lord. The church became stronger as the Holy Spirit encouraged it and helped it grow. And helped it grow. In this verse, we are seeing the Holy Spirit helping the church to grow. Hallelujah. Tonight, God wants us to understand that the agent of growth, the promoter of growth, the causer of church growth, the influencer of church growth, the orchestrator of church growth, the manager of church growth is the Holy Spirit. If we can understand what I just said, we can go home. Hallelujah. What the church of Jesus Christ must understand is that church growth is orchestrated by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the orchestrator of the growth of the church. Now, for anything to grow, it needs life. And life 
comes from the spirit. Jesus said, it is the spirit that quickens. It is the spirit that quickens. That word to quicken means to make alive. Hallelujah. I got what I'm saying. So tonight, each one of us, pastors, shepherds, ordinary church members, God is opening our eyes to a secret. Yeah. And the secret is that if we want to see growth of the church, supernatural growth, we must involve the Holy Spirit in the building of the church. You see, this point is hidden for many of us. And that is why we can't go like churches because we are forcing. We are forcing to make the church to grow. But God said, it is not by might. It is not by power. The church work is not done by power or might. What is power or might? Like using a lot of money to organize things. Does not make the church to grow. Yeah. If Bishop Charles goes to one of the most popular radio stations in this city and announces that next week Sunday, today is Tuesday, Sunday, anybody in Kumasi who comes to this church attends the service. At the end of it, we'll give the person 100 Ghana cities. No, yours is just to come to church. When you are go, we put 100 Ghana cities in an envelope for you. How many of you know that there will be confusion here? Do you understand it? From, from dawn to midnight, this church will be full. By the power of money. By the following Sunday, the following Sunday, Nobody will be here. It might show you that the power of money cannot build a church. The power of age, the, the, your gender, whether you are a male or a female, the height of the pastor, the age of the pastor, all these are power and might. They help. They help. They help. They help. But they don't build a church. For example, if this church was being pastored by a lady pastor who specializes in wearing very short skirts. So when she's preaching, half her bombs are showing and her breasts are showing. It will attract a lot of young people, uh, men into the church. Every Sunday to come and see, you know, such a, a sumptuous, titillating uh, lady pastor. 
The church will grow to a certain point. But only to a certain point. Because that power, after some time, even after some time of watching will be tired. Look, we are tired. We can't watch this. We are going home. Hallelujah. So God said, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. If we are going to experience growth of the church in a certain way, we must depend and involve the Holy Spirit. Now, why is this so? Why is this so? Why is this so? Why is this so? Let me give you a little background that you understand. You see, God is three in one. God is three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God. And they are one. And they work together. But they are three distinct personalities. Amen. The Father is the Commander-in-Chief. He gives instructions. The Son is the doer of the works. What did Jesus say? He said, believe ye in me. Else believe in the works that I do. So the father is the commander. The son is the doer of the works. The Holy Spirit is the power that does the work. Now, the father walked we see him actively walking in the Old Testament with the people of God he was known as Elohim Jehovah eh? he walked with them when we come to the New Testament we see the son coming as the savior of the world. Hallelujah. Now, before the sun came, before the sun came, the Godhead had a meeting in heaven. They said, we need to rescue our lost creature, man, who is fallen into sin. We need to rescue him. So they came out of a plan. And the plan was that the son will come to earth and be with men and show them the kingdom of God and how to enter the kingdom of God and die on the cross. But they knew that since he was becoming a man, it was very risky. Because man was very wicked. So if he came as an ordinary man, as an ordinary man, he couldn't do much. 
So they decided that he would come. But before he started ministry, God the Holy Spirit will come and help him and turn him from an ordinary man into a supernatural man. So for 30 years that Jesus walked on the face of the earth, he didn't do any ministry. He didn't do any ministry. He didn't preach. He didn't teach. He didn't heal anybody. For 30 good years, he was around as an ordinary man, son of Mary and Joseph, a carpenter of brothers and sisters walking around. Until the Bible said that he began to be 30 years. And then, in, jo- in Luke three twenty one, when people were being baptized, Jesus also came and was baptized. And the Bible said that when he came out of the water praying, the Holy Ghost descended upon him. Luke three twenty one, And in Luke 4, 1, the scripture says, and Jesus being full of the spirit was led into the wilderness by the spirit. And there he prayed and fasted for 40 days being tempted of the devil. And at the end of that, in Luke 4, 14, the Bible said that, and Jesus returned unto Galilee in the power of the Holy Ghost. And that Sabbath day, he went to church. Luke 4, 16. And in Luke 14, 18, he, 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 Luke 4, 18, he rose up and he said, from today, I can preach, I can teach, I can heal, I can set the captives free, I can open blind eyes. And he has, he has played. He asked him why. He said, because the spirit of the Lord God is upon him. So you see right there that Jesus said, I am ready to preach, to teach, to heal, because the spirit is upon me now. How many of you understand it? And from that day, this Jesus turned into another man. When he preached, they said, we have, we, have, we have not heard this before. From whence had this man this, this wisdom? When he did miracles, they said, we have not seen it after this fashion before. What was the difference between Jesus of the old day, all days, and this Jesus. This Jesus was anointed. He had the presence, the power, the help of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus went about preaching, teaching, and multitudes began to follow him. Multitudes began to follow him. Everywhere he went, his church grew. His church grew. 
people followed him. It doesn't matter where he had a church service. Along the seashore, they were there. When he went on the mountain, they were there. When he crossed the lake of Galilee to the other side, they chased him there. When he went into the desert, they went there. Jesus was ministering with the help, the power, and the influence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, his ministry was not because he was God. On earth, he was the son of a man. But his ministry was powerful because he was anointed by the Spirit of God and had the Holy Spirit working in his life. The Holy Spirit is the reason why Jesus' ministry was the way it was. On eight, remember Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5, let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God taught it not robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation and became put on the form of a man. So on earth, he was a man. Even though he was God, but he was the son of man and he needed the help of the Holy Spirit. The man went about preaching. He was not afraid of anything. Not even death. It didn't matter how long you were dead. He will raise you up. He preached so powerfully. His church grew so fast. Under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus ministered. And his ministry flourished. Because of the presence and the help of the Holy Spirit in his life. Amen. Amen. Now, when he was about to go, he gathered his disciples. He said, well, now it's time for me to go. But as I go, I want you to do the same works that I did. I want you also to go and preach. I want you also to go and teach. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Cast out devils. Raise up the dead. Freely have you received. Freely gave. He told them, go into the whole world and preach to every creature. Matthew 28 18 to 20. He told them to go. Mark 16, 15. He told them to go. Luke 24 from 45. He told them to go. John 20, 20. He told them to go. Acts 1, 8. He told them to go. To go and preach the gospel to all nations. When he spoke to them, before he finished, he saw the disciples filing out. So he asked them, why are you going? He said, oh, the work that you told us to go and do, 
We are going to do it. He said, no. He said, no. You can't do it on your own. So he told them in Luke 24, 49. Look at it. Luke 24, 49. He said, and behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry. That is wait. Tarry in in the city of Jerusalem until, watch, until you can't go and do it now. You see, your problem is that you are running around trying to build a church of God. <laughs> your problem is that you are walking around struggling in the sun. Trying to build a church of God, person to person evangelism. Visitations. Moving around, sweating and cleaning your face with your handkerchief. It's not by power. It is not by mind. It is by my spirit, said the Lord. Are you clapping your hands for Jesus? He said, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from an eye. Give me the NIV. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from high. Yeah. So he told them, don't go. I have asked you to go and preach. I have asked you to go and heal the sick. But don't go. There is somebody who has helped me all these years. Wait. Wait. That is what he meant in John 14. Verse 15 said, If you love me, keep my commandments. 16. And I will pray the Father and he will send you another comforter. Another comforter. Another comforter. That he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world does not know. But you know him. Because he has been with you. Be with you. And in verse 18, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come back unto you. That word comfortless is the word often. Often. So Jesus was saying, as I'm going, I will not leave you as an orphan. Look into the life of an orphan. You will see the struggles. You will see the helplessness. You will see the lack of progress. You will see the lack of development. Many of us who are trying to build a church of God are orphans because we are not dependent on the Holy Spirit. And so we have no help. We have no support. We have no guidance. We are on our own. Orphans are on their own. I'll come. You don't need to be an orphan. How come? Hallelujah. He told them, look, somebody help me. And the person must also come and help you. Hallelujah. He called him another comforter. That word comforter means helper. Helper. One of the key meanings is the word helper. The Holy Spirit is supposed to be your helper in the work of God that you are doing. He's supposed to be your worker. 
your helper. But many of us have just abandoned him. We welcome him into our bedrooms and our, and our uh, certain halls. And then since that time, we are on our own. And it's a nice gentleman waiting. Waiting for you to come to ask him, how can I build a church? What should I do? What must I do in my church? My church is not working. How must it work? What, what must I do? Waiting for, for, for you to come for him to empower you. But we are on our own. Hallelujah. So Jesus told them, wait. Why did he tell them, wait? Why did he tell them to wait? Because of the function of the Holy Spirit. What is the function of the Holy Spirit? Matthew chapter 9 from verse 36. The Bible said that when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. For they fainted and they were scattered as sheep without a shepherd. Verse 37. Then said he to his disciples, The harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Now watch verse 38. He said, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Pray ye therefore. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his service. Brothers and sisters, look at me everybody. This is the key. The Holy Spirit is the Lord of the harvest. The harvest of souls, the work of salvation, the work of building the church, the work of reaping souls into the kingdom of God, that work, the boss of it, the MD, the chief executive officer, the commander in chief, of that work, the one who is in charge is the Holy Spirit. In every company, in every company, the affairs of the company are directed by the MD. There are other officers, general manager, HR manager, finance director. Do you understand it? Eh? Administrative officers. All kinds of people who are all helping in the company. But the person that directs the policy, that shows the way. What we must do, the person who brings the strategies, the person who is directing, let's go here, we should avoid, it. We should avoid this. This business strategy will not help us. This one will help us. Now, our company, if we send a branch to this place, because of other competitors, not have, let's go to this place. The person who, is, who directs that is the managing director. In the same way, when it comes to the work of God, the harvest of souls, reaching out to the lost, building the church, the person who is in charge is God. The Holy Spirit. Give the Lord a wonderful cup of tea. So that is why Jesus told the disciples, wait. Wait! Wait! And they obeyed him. In Acts chapter 1, 
40 days after Jesus' resurrection, he ascended into heaven. The 11 apostles restored Judas. They became 12. And together with others, 120 of them went into the upper room in Jerusalem to wait. He said, tarry. So they were waiting. See, your problem is that you are too much in a hurry. Wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Look, your ministry will change. Will transform. If you can wait for the Holy Spirit. To guide you. To lead you. To empower you. To show you what to do. To show you what to do. That's your 12 member church. He, he knows, he, he knows what you must do to cause it to explode. And I'm going to show you how the Holy Spirit orchestrates church growth. Amen? They were waiting. They won. Day two, day three, day ten. Ten days after Jesus ascended into heaven, they were gathered in the upper room. Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two. Ten days on the day of Pentecost. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all of one accord in one place. And suddenly, they a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there, and there appeared unto them clothing tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Listen, do you remember Luke 24, 49. He said, I will send the promise of the Father. Ten days after he had left, when he went to heaven, Jesus said, do you remember? They had a meeting before he came. Eh? Do you remember they had a meeting before they came? When he went, they had a, another meeting. And Jesus said, well, I finished. But the people that you gave to me, they, are, they must continue the work. Jesus, you came to help me. Without your help, they can't preach. Without your help, they can't heal anybody. Without your help, they cannot guide anybody. Without your help, they cannot convict anybody. Holy Spirit, it is your turn. It is your turn for you to go. Jesus went to sit at the right hand of the Father. And the Holy Spirit descended on earth. And this is the good news. Since he came, he's not gone. He's here. Since he came. Now listen, let me correct your mind. God the Father is not on earth. God the Father is seated on his throne. As I said, I saw him. 
God the Son is seated on the right hand of the Father. Jesus is not on earth. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. Hebrews 7.25 He ever lived to make intercessions for us. He's seated there. Whenever you make a mistake and God is going to kill you, then he shows the, the blood. That's why I died for them. Hello? Who is on earth today? Not a father. Not a son. The person who is on earth today is God, the Holy Spirit. Do you know your mistake? Your mistake is that you are always praying to Jesus to help you. You are always praying to Jesus to help you. And Jesus is saying, ah, the person that must help you is on earth. Come. Sit here. Pray to him. You, stand up. Jesus is in heaven. He's a Christian brother. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to him. He said, I will send you another help. I will send you another help. If it's a helper, a helper for what? For everything you're supposed to do. But you need help. He has left him. He's come here. This man is far in heaven. Jesus. Praying. Look at him. Help me. I need help. I need help. And Jesus, and Jesus is saying, What is wrong with him? What is wrong with him? The mistake that you and I we are committing is that we are not benefiting from the help of the Spirit because we have left Him. We have left Him. How many of you understand it? I'm just taking my time to show you. If you don't involve the Holy Spirit in your life, you won't do well. Jesus said, I'll send you another helper. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus said, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? The helper is there. He helped him. Remember that for 30 years he didn't do anything. Until this helper came. And he said, as I'm going, you cannot also do anything. Wait. Until the help has come. So the disciples, they waited until they were filled, anointed with the Holy Spirit. And then they started preaching. They started preaching, healing people, traveling, and the church of God exploded. From 120 in the upper room, their first crusade, 3,000 people, as to 41. 
under the influence of the Holy Spirit, 3,000 people were added. When they healed one person in Acts 3, in Acts 4, 4, 5,000 men were added. In Acts 5, 14, the Bible says that and multitudes of, of multitudes were added of men and of women. Acts 6, 1. When the number of the disciples multiplied, since the Holy Spirit came, you see only multiplication. Church growth. Church growth. Church growth. Church growth. Church growth. Since the Holy Spirit came. Since the Holy Spirit came. If you involve him in your area of fellowship, if you involve him in your choir, if you involve him in the prayer ministry, if you involve in your church work. He is the instigator. They were 120. 120. The church was not growing. For 10 days, the church was not growing. For 10 days, the church was not growing. Until, until the promise of the Father came. When the promise of the Father came, the Bible says, and they were all filled. They were anointed. And under the influence of that anointing, multitudes started filling the church. May that be our story in this church. May that be our story in this church. May that be your story as a pastor. In the- Lift up your voice and give Jesus a shout of praise. Thank you. How many of you understand? Do you understand it? Huh? Is it clear? Yeah? Now, the Holy Spirit helped Jesus. The Holy Spirit helped the apostles. Now, it is our turn for the Holy Spirit to help us. It is our turn for the Holy Spirit to help us. The Holy Spirit is the one that pumps life into the church. Anything that grows has life. Immediately the life is finishing, it begins to die. Oh yeah. When the body is afflicted with disease, it begins to die. Life begins to go out. Our churches will grow. Our churches will explode. Our area fellowships will grow. Eh? Our choirs, prayer ministries, bustles eh? would grow if we will involve the Holy Spirit who is the Lord. Remember, He is the Lord of the harvest. That's what Jesus says. He said he's the Lord. He said Jesus was speaking. When we read the scriptures, pay attention. Jesus was speaking to his disciples. And Jesus said, my disciples, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Which means that he was not the Lord of the harvest. Huh? If I say to him, Pastor Ato, do you understand it? Eh? I said to Pastor Ato, so please, see him to give you some money. Please see him to give you some money. Then please, I am not the one 
Who is giving the money? There's somebody else. But the key thing I want you to understand here, watch it, is that Jesus didn't minister without the Holy Spirit. And the apostles, they were rushing to go and, you know, Peter, Peter had got, they were even by, he said, what are you doing? He said, oh, you asked us to go. He said, no, no, no. That, that is the revelation I want you to understand. That's the revelation I want you to understand. If you understand this, you will never do anything without involving the Holy Spirit. The pastor who has built the largest church in the world, Dr. Cho, he says that when the church got to 3,000, the church plateaued for a long time. For a long time. And he was praying and said, Lord, did you call me to make me a pastor over only 3,000 people for the rest of my life? One time he called for a prayer meeting in the church. And when the church left, he sat at the pulpit, at the stage, and continued to pray. And he fell into a trance. And the Lord, in the trance, the Lord asked me a question. He said, in the wilderness, when my people wanted meat to eat, if they have gone about picking, searching, picking on their own, how long would they have taken to get enough? And he answered, so it would have taken a long time. And the Lord said, when I send my wind, when I send my wind, how long did it take for them to get enough? He said, it was so quick. And the Lord told him, he said, that is your mistake. You have left the wind of my spirit. And you are trying to build the church of your strength. He said, after that time, his only understanding of the Holy Spirit was speaking in tongues. He thought because he was speaking in tongues, that was it. It was from that day that he began to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He wrote a book, Holy Spirit, My Senior Partner. And from that time, the church just exploded. Church, the Holy Spirit is the agent of church growth. The Holy Spirit is the orchestrator of church growth. The Holy Spirit is the initiator and the enforcer and the maintainer of church growth. That is his work. That is why he's here. Now, let me quickly take you through how does the Holy Spirit orchestrate church growth? How does he do it? How does he do it? If we understand it, then he will do the same thing for us. Number one, he orchestrates church growth by anointing us to preach. By anointing us to preach. In Acts chapter 2, he anointed the apostles. He anointed them. The ministry cannot be done without anointing. Hallelujah. I get what I'm saying. 
Eh? Yes. He anointed them. So we must ask the Holy Spirit to anoint us. And then we must also ask him specifically to anoint us with a church growth anointing. With a church growth anointing. Is it anointing the power of the Spirit? It does specific things. If you want to do soul winning, you need a soul winning anointing. If you want to teach, you need an anointing to teach. Yeah. Prophets have a prophetic anointing. If a prophet is here, he will see Jesus right now. He will see angels because of the special oil that is upon their lives. Yeah. And there is an anointing that when it comes upon the pastors, when it comes upon the church, it causes the church to explode. It is the church good anointing. That is the anointing that operates in the lives of mega church pastors. Amen? That is the anointing that operates. If the church good anointing is not working in your life, your church will not grow. Therefore, it is, it is in your interest to go and seek church good anointing. Many years ago, Prophet Kaka preached a message here. The title was Sikadru. Sikadru. He preached it here. How many of you remember? He was talking about prosperity. He said, if you want to prosper, you must go for Sikadru. That is the anointing for prosperity. How many of you understand that? So that is the first thing, the first way by which, so pastors, you must seek for church God anointing. The anointing to start a church is different from the anointing to pastor the church. And it is different, the anointing to pastor a church is different from the anointing to grow a church. How many of you understand that? Do you understand it? So the reason why your church is not growing is because that particular anointing, the church God anointing, is not functioning. It's not on you. It's not. God is opening your eyes right there. And so you must go and look for it. You must go and look for it. And you can catch it. I recommend a book for you by Bishop Dad. Catch the anointing. Anointing can be compared to a brother who wants to marry. Yeah. Any type of lady a brother wants, all that you need to do is to shamelessly, relentlessly pursue. Oh yeah. You see, you see brother Ezra, or church and she's just bluffing. Why, why shouldn't she bluff? She must bluff. But if you want, you must pursue. You must pursue. And eight out of ten times, she will become yours. If you want a fat oboshi type of sister, pursue her. If you want a slim one, pursue. Fair color, Kodaki, 
bless you. I'm saying that anointing is like a brother who wants to get married. Depend on the type of lady you pursue. So if you want your church to grow, you must pursue a church growth anointing. Clap your hands for Jesus. How many of you understand the message? Yeah? And you see, even athletes understand this principle. Even athletes understand this principle. Athletes, sportsmen, they watch their mentors. They watch. Their strikers, they want to be like Messi or Ronaldo. They have videos of Messi and Ronaldo and they watch. And they practice like them. Until they are playing like them. They are catching the anointing of a striker. Uh, music artists, haven't you seen the way they dress? They dress after their mentors. There's only one point I'm trying to make. The anointing to plant a church does not make the church to grow. Understand it clearly. The anointing to pastor the church, the sheep, visit them, cancel them, laugh them, solve their problems. Then understand it. It's also a unique anointing. But as for letting people fail, fail the church, fail all this space, it's a different anointing altogether. You want your basel to grow from 2 to 5 to 7 to 15 to 20. You need an anointing. It's called a church growth anointing. So the difference between pastors of small churches and pastors of big churches is that the pastors of big churches carry a church growth anointing. Yeah. Wow. Is it clear to you now? Number two. Number two. I think I'll give you just two or three, then we'll go home. Yeah. Number two. The Holy Spirit. Hello? Goddess. Goddess people into our churches. The Holy Spirit guards people. <laughs> the Holy Spirit guards people. Look, if the Holy Spirit is working in the church, eh, one of the things that you will see is that you wonder where did the people come from? When you ask them, it has nothing to do with your signboard, your crusades. Oh. I, I was just looking for a church. I decided to join your church. They give all kinds of reasons. Yeah. The Holy Spirit 
gathers people. Gathers people into the church. He is the one who gathers people for us to preach to. Yes. There are three ways through which the Holy Spirit guides people. Number one. Number one. He sends his wind to gather the people. He sends his wind. Wow. Have you seen these chairs? Eh? These chairs. The Holy Spirit supernaturally can blow people from outside, from outside the church. And wind. And wind. And wind that is blowing. And wind that blows. When a wind blows, it can carry all the dust from Bantama to this place. Yeah. Just blows the people. Look at what happened in Acts chapter 2 and verse 6. The wind. May the wind of the Spirit begin to operate in this church. Begin to operate in your church. Begin to operate in your basel. In the name of Jesus. To blow. 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 Just blow. Let, let's take it that these people are outside the church. These are people outside. He blows them. He just sends the wind. He blows them. Blows them. Just blows them. Just blows them. Blows them. Blows them. Blows them into the church. Yes. Now, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Watch it. As a rushing mighty wind. The Holy Spirit is a wind. Mighty Russian wind. Eh? And watch. There came a sound as a mighty Russian wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them clothing tongues. Verse 4. And they were all filled. Verse 5. Watch this. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews devote men out of every nation under heaven. At that time, that was that was the feast of the past, the feast of the 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 feast of Pentecost. During that time, Jews would come from everywhere. Like the way if they say, well, what type of festival happens here? Yes, I don't know which one. Which one is that? That Ashantis everywhere will come to Kumasi. Is there, is there a festival like that? Sorry? Huh? Piero? They come. They come from where? All over. Where is all over? Outside Ghana and then from other regions. How many times has it happened a year? I think once. Once a year. 
once or like any other festival uh, watch this Jews will come they will come from all over to Jerusalem so at this particular time when they were in the upper room Jews were scattered all over can you imagine all over Kumasi and what, what happened and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noise abroad, when this was noise abroad, give me the NIV. When they heard this sound, what sound? Everywhere. Listen, there is the upper room. The Holy Spirit descended here. But it came as a mighty rushing wind, creating a sound, mighty sound. And all the people, when they heard this sound, watch this, a crowd came together. A crowd came together. The wind of the Spirit guided the people in Jerusalem to where the apostles were. Amen? In bewilderment. Because each one heard them. Heard them. Whom? The apostles. Speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes. You see, people have come from Parthia. So they were Parthians, they were Medes, they were Elamites, they were residents of Mesopotamia, which is present-day Iraq, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt. Jews from all these countries have come. The parts of Libya, near Cyrene, visitors from Rome. Eh? Do you understand it? When the Holy Spirit grows in the church, we are going to get people coming from the north. Northerners, Ashantis, Everest, Krobos, eh? the literate, illiterate, poor, rich, educated, uneducated, young, old, are all going to blow, be blown into our church. May that be your story in the name of Jesus. Verse 11. Both Jews and converts to Judaism, Christians and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Now watch verse 14. Look at verse 14. Then Peter stood up of the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Where did this crowd come from? 
The Holy Spirit sent his wind and blew all of them. May the Holy Spirit blow the souls into your bastards. May he blow the souls into your branches. May he blow the souls into this church. In the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and give the Lord a shout. Blew them. How many of you understand the message? I'm talking about the Holy Spirit and church growth. How does he do it? It was the Holy Spirit that helped Jesus. It was the Holy Spirit that helped the apostles. Now, he's here to help us. How does he bring the increase? He blows the people. Any church that is growing fast, you can't say that it's because of something. Everything we are doing is okay. There's a human aspect and then there's a divine aspect. But the superior one is a divine one. Ish. You say that you are growing the church. How many times have you not done outreaches and visitations on Saturdays? And all your people say, oh, pastor, don't worry. Ask for tomorrow. Look, 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 look at my uniform. I've ironed it already. Ask for tomorrow. Pastor, I've seen that you really love me. Every day you come here. Ask for tomorrow. Based on their promises, you normally arrange 30 chairs. You call your, your chief ashata. Faber 30 count. Aaron, you are laughing. It has been happening to you. And that day when you go, normally 30 people come. The day that you prayed, you fasted, you did, when you go, from about 5 a.m. it begins to rain. From about 5 a.m. it begins to rain. Your service is between 8.30 to 11. The rain stopped at 3 p.m. You see. You say you are building a church. You see. You see, you cry. But I have seen the wind blowing the people in spite of the rain. Yeah. There's a service that we started two years ago called the early rain service. We started at 6.30. 6.30. June, July. When it rains, it rains heavily. Seven o'clock, the place is packed in spite of the rain. In spite of the rain. When the wind is blowing the people, the rain cannot stop him. May the wind blow in your church in the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive a blowing wind. Sit down. So that's the first way. Remember, is I need I want you to remember the scriptures. The people were scattered all over Jerusalem. But when this was noised about, the presence of the Spirit attracted them. 
Peter stood up and preached. It was this crowd. Out of this crowd, there are 3,000. Because by verse 38, look at what he said. 38. 38. Eh? 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the, and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? This crowd. By the time Peter preached under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, they said, What shall we do? Verse 38. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Father our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded of them, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Verse 41. Verse 41. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. The Holy Spirit blew 3,000. Receive thousands in the name of Jesus. So your basil, you should kneel down and tell the Holy Spirit, please, blow the people. Blow the people. Blow the people. Blow the people. Bring them from everywhere. The Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm, I'm explaining how the Holy Spirit gathers people into the church. Number one, by sending his wind. Number two, by sending his noise into their hearts. In other words, speaking to them. Speaking to them. Making a divine noise in their heart. Get up and go to church. Get up and go to church. Get up and go to church. How many of you have heard that voice in your life before? You didn't want to go to church. Get up. Go. Amen. Eh? Remember that it was the sound that the people heard. Look at that scripture again. Look at it again. Acts chapter 2. Verse. Yes. Now when this was noised about abroad. NIV. When they heard this sound. NLT. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. <laughs> Listen. Pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to the heart of the people. Amen? In Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 26, look at it. King James Version. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 26. God has made a promise. He said, and he will lift up an ensign, a sign to the nations from far. Hello? God says, I will lift up, I will lift up, I, 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 I will stand at Asokwa and lift up a sign to the people in Kumasi and beyond. People who are far. And he said, 
and will hiss to them from the end of the earth. To hiss. To hiss. Is that not how, how you stop a taxi? Is that not how you call people? If somebody is going to, a stranger, you don't know a stranger, what do you do? God says, I'll hiss to the people. From the ends of the earth. In other words, people who are gathered from, I mean, far away. And then what is the result? He said, and behold, they shall come with speed swiftly. They shall come. When the Holy Spirit hisses to people, wherever they are, they'll be coming to church. They'll be running to church. They'll be running to church from everywhere. He said, they'll come. Now, I like it. What is speed? How would they swiftly come? They will come with speed swiftly. Haven't you seen how people come to your church? About Alaska and Hosa. Alaska. What's happened? Your church, 15 people. Supposed to start the service at 8.30. 8.30, there's nobody 9.15, 45 minutes later. We will go for the They take one hour to gather. Service that is supposed to start at 8.30. Start at 10 o'clock, 10.30. But God says that. from our farm and will haste unto them from the ends of the earth and behold they shall come with speed sweet oh, clap your hands for the Lord they will come with speed they will come to church with speed they will attend your bustles, your area fellowship with speed hey You can't do that. You can't do that. You cannot do that. It takes a supernatural power to cause people to behave that way. That is why, pastors, you must turn to the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. When a church to grow, turn to Him. Cry to Him. Ask Him to help you. Has him to be involved. It is the spirit that quickness. That's what Jesus said. It's the spirit that gives life. That gives life. Hallelujah. Sit down. Sit down. The third way he gathers people. Do you remember the parable of the wheat and tares? Matthew 13. Eh? Matthew 13. Jesus was giving the interpretation of that parable. Matthew 13 verse 30. Look at it. 
Matthew 13 verse 30. Let both, because the people came and they said, look, should we clear um, the test eh, and leave the wheat? As they were very small. He says, no, no, no. Let both go together unto the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Hallelujah. Verse 38. He was now explaining. He said, verse 38. The field was explaining the parable. See, the field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. Verse 39. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. This is the third way the Holy Spirit gathers people into the church. Angels are involved. Angels are involved. Reaper angels. We have to ask God to send reaper angels. <laughs> to gather. So he gathers by his wind. His, he gathered by speaking to the heart of people. He sent the reaper angels to gather the people. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a wonderful cup offering. When he gathers them, he touches their heart so that when we preach, they'll be converted. That's the work of the Spirit. Jesus said in John 16, 7, He said, It is expedient for you that I go. Amen. For if I do not go, the Comforter will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. In verse 8, Jesus explained the function of the Spirit. He says, And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. When we gather the people, the Holy Spirit now brings conviction to their hearts for them to be saved. When we are teaching the word of God, he makes them to believe the word. He makes them not to reject the word. He makes them to accept the word. That is how can they become saved. That is how can they begin to follow the Lord. So listen, he anoints us to preach, he gathers the people for us, and then he touches the heart of the people to hear the word of God and be convicted of it. I'll show you an example. In Acts chapter 16, let's pick it from verse 10. Acts chapter 16 from verse 10. And after he has seen the vision immediately, 
we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, losing from trials, we came with a straight course to Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a, and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the woman which restored Tida, the woman who came there. We witnessed to them. Verse 14, watch it. Watch verse 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Titaria, which worshipped God, heard us. She heard the preaching. Whose heart the Lord opened. Whose heart the Lord opened. What was the result of the Lord opening her heart? That she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. The Holy Spirit anoints us, gathers the people, has us to preach to them, and as we are preaching to them, he opens their heart and brings conviction of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. That is how come people are saved. Listen, we cannot win anybody. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. Conviction of a sinner is done. Stop, stop. Look, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people, after some time, stop. Pray for them. Pray for them. One day you'll be sitting in church, you see him, jolly, 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 he has come to church. Yes. How many of you have seen people like that? Yeah. Sometimes you argue with them and stop arguing. You cannot convict anybody of righteousness. That is the work of the Spirit. That's the work of the Spirit. That's the work of the Spirit. That is the work of the Spirit. Hallelujah. How does the Holy Spirit orchestrate church good? He anoints us to preach. He gathers the people for us. How does he gather them? By sending his wind. By hissing to them. By sending reaper angels. When he gathers them, he touches their hearts and brings conviction of righteousness, of sin, and of judgment so that the word of God is received. Amen? And let me give you the last one. There are a lot, but I'll give you this one. Number four. He orchestrates church growth by showing us where we must fish. Where we must fish. He sends out to the places where we'll be fruitful. Amen. Hallelujah. It is the Holy Spirit that sends us to the field and works with us. Look at me. The Holy Spirit sends us to the field. And he knows which field is better. You see, that is why you must, you must ask the Holy Spirit, what must I do? Where should I go? 
1620, he worked with them. He was working with them. Now, watch. Acts chapter 16, from verse 6. From verse 6. Now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Spirit to preach the word in Asia, they wanted to preach the word in Asia. The Holy Spirit said, No! Watch me. Look at me, everybody. I thought, I thought, I thought we should go everywhere. We should go everywhere. But we must allow him to guide us. Yes. We must allow him to guide us. He knows where we'll be fruitful. So in your town, you should pray to the Lord. Why should I concentrate my effort? Who are the people that I should reach out to? Who are the people? Listen. You need to involve him closely. I'm afraid to do anything without him. I'm afraid. Many pastors are working but their efforts are not being blessed because the idea is your idea. The idea is your idea. Yes. But God said, my ways are not your ways. No, 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 no. At all. We need to be in sync with him. Hello? Sometimes, the same place that you are not making progress, if you involve him, he will let you make progress. So in Luke 5, Peter said, we have toiled all night. Jesus said, don't worry. Throw your net into the deep. It made a difference. The reason why they caught a lot of fish was because of the involvement of Jesus. Hello? Are you here or you go home? Go back. Acts chapter 16. I'm closing. Acts chapter 16 were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the gospel in Asia. Verse 7. After they were come to Messiah, they assayed, tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Pastors, watch something. He said, you get up and say, I'm going to do this. Who has you to go? That is why Jesus said, when you pray, say, our Father, which up in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Thy will be done on earth. As it is in heaven, what must be done on earth is already in heaven. So we must get heaven's direction so that we do heaven's direction on earth. One of the greatest prayers you should pray all the time is, Thy will be done. Guidance. Guidance. Many of us are not doing well because we are not being guided. 
You go to Dubai because your friends also go to Dubai. Dubai. But you are a child of God and you have the helper. There's a supernatural person that is in your life. Come. He's always there. There's a supernatural person. He's called a helper. He wants to hold your hand and guide you. God wants to guide you. Psalm 32 and verse 8. He said, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou should go. I will guide you with my eyes. I will instruct thee. Watch this. I will instruct thee. Instructions. Do this, do this, do this. How do you do this? And I will teach you. I will instruct thee and teach you. And as you are doing it, just in case you don't get confused, I will guide you with my eyes. I will guide you so that you do the right things. Do you know that you can give yourself to something and when you finish it's useless? You can spend all your effort to do something and when you finish it is useless. That's why we need guidance. We need guidance. This man, the Holy Spirit is in our lives. Every area of your life, every area. Tonight, I'm just restricting to church good. But every area, he's there to help you. Every area. Who to marry? He's there to help you. Marriage is not by the suit of the man. The, the suit of the car. Look, I didn't know, but I'm told that now there are men who go to rent things to woe women. He's going to rent the suit, the, suit, the car. Packet carnation Ford Explorer Expedition. Shame. Because of you. Because of you. And you are being guided by a Ford Explorer. And I hear the sisters to this day, they go and buy things from stores and put, put them at places. I didn't know. No, I didn't know. I was putting my church when they told me, oh, Bishop, don't worry. Many of those things in the shilling. So, brother, when it comes, you say, sister, come, come, come. Then you call one of your sisters and go and inspect. Before, before you, over corner, there they are flat, you say. You wanted a mattress. Your ball plate. Are you clapping your hands for Jesus? Give the Lord a shout of victory! He wants to guide you. We need guidance for the work of God. Asia said no. 
Phrygia. No. Bettinia. No. Verse 8. Verse 8. And then passing by Messiah came to trials. Came down to trials. And a vision. And a vision. And a vision. May your eyes open in the name of Jesus. May your eyes open in the name of Jesus. Pastors. Pastors. We must pray always for dreams and visions. Oh yeah. Yeah. Last night I had a dream. Based on that, I've called for a major intercession. Major. Yeah. And, 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 and when I instructed one of my pastors, he's a very prayerful guy, he said, Bishop, I concur. He also brought something that he saw. It matched up. God has to open your eyes. God has opened your eyes. It's not every business partner that you have to do business with. Yeah. Phrygia, no. Asia, no. Bettina, no. Why should we go? Verse 9. An addition appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him saying, come over unto Macedonia and help us. Now look at verse 10. And after he has seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Give me NIV. After Paul has seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia. Concluding. Phrygia, no. Bertinia, no. Asia, no. Where should we go? Vision. Come to Macedonia. We rushed, concluding that God has called us to preach the gospel to them. That's how the Holy Spirit helps us. He opens our eyes to what we must do. Which, 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 which to the mission field. Where should we go? What strategies should we employ in the church? He open, opens our eyes. And in your business, you do the same. You know, Bishop gathered some people for me to meet them yesterday. And I was sure of them. When I was building my hospital, some of the things that the Lord led me to do. That, that's, look, from today, decide that this Holy Spirit, eh? Charlie, Never leave him. You never leave him. He's your guide. He's your helper. He's the one who has been sent to help you to grow the church. The Holy Spirit and church growth. He's the orchestrator of the growth of the church. He's the engineer. He's the lord of the harvest. He's the enforcer. He blows the people. He gathers the people. He's the one who fills the church. Immediately he entered the church. In Acts chapter 2, the church grew from 120, 3,000 were added, 
5,000 were added. Multitudes. 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 Were added. Acts chapter 11 verse 21. Eh? And the hand of the Lord was with them. Every time you see the hand of the Lord, it's talking about the Spirit of God. The power of God. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And the great normal believed and turned unto the Lord. I rest my case. And the hand of the Lord was with Asukwa. Yes. And a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Yeah? It's the work of the Holy Spirit. You must play your part. You must pray. You must do outreaches. You must visit the people. You must counsel them. You must love them. You must preach them. You must. But remember that you need to depend on the Holy Spirit to make all these things possible. Before you visit, if you are close to him, he will even direct you who to visit. Yeah. How many of you have heard this before? You visit your member and say, Pastor, thank you that you came at this time. You came at this time. You came at this time. Hallelujah. How many of you are going to depend on the Holy Spirit? Stand to your feet. Let's go home. Clap your hands for the Lord. The Holy Spirit and church group. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Ask him to help you. 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 Materia terebo shikala masete. Ola ba katari me sente monde. Makatari moze patari mozendere. Lift up your hands, everybody. Let us pray. I want us to spend a little while praying. Pick up the mic and let's pray. What to pray? Holy Spirit, help us. We are the Lord of the harvest. Help us. Apali 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 Apali
Cobra. Lift up your hands. Now listen. Look at me. Tonight. Tonight. Something can come upon you. This is the day that something can come upon you. So stand there with it. As the oil come upon you. The anointing for growth. Whatever you are doing in this church. At your branch. Wherever. This anointing can cause you to grow. Lift up your hands. Oh yes. 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 Aobra. Leave them, leave them. Be anointed. 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 Soon, soon, come, come, bro. Soon, soon, come, come, bro. Soon, soon, come, come, Lift up your hands. Yes. 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 Oh, bro. Yes. Aobra. Aobra. Ah. Lift up your hands.
Receive the anointing. Hey. Anointing for church growth. Oh. Oh, bro. Ah. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. It's yours. Receive it. Receive it. When I lay my hands on you, and you sit down. have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegon, opposite the Collegon main gate. Our service times are early rain service, 6.30 to 8.15 a.m. Love and Hope service, local languages services, from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. Love and Faith service, from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant You Church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiries, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again. 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289 God bless you.